Welcome to Hack to Start, a podcast focused on interesting people and the innovative ways they achieve success. I'm Franco Variano. And I'm Tyler Copeland. Each week we speak with a new guest about how they created, hacked, and hustled their way to the top and distill their insights and experiences for you. The path to success isn't always linear. Hack, start, and repeat. This episode is brought to you by Breather. Find beautiful, practical spaces that you can reserve on the go. Ghost, a simple, powerful publishing platform that allows you to share your story with the world. And SoundCloud. Hear the world sounds. This episode features Wade Foster, the co-founder of Zapier, a platform to automate your workflow. Hey, Wade, thanks for being on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Tyler. So let's start things off by getting to know about where you're from, what did you study, and how did your passion and entrepreneurship develop? Sure, yeah. So I'm, I'm originally from uh, Jeff City, Missouri, which is um, a conservative Midwest town. It's, a, it's, a, it's actually the capital of Missouri, uh, some people don't realize. Uh, I grew, grew up there, um, not thinking, you know, that entrepreneurship was something that I'd ever be. You know, I was I was a was good at math, good at science. Figured, hey, you know, I'll, I'll go into engineering of some sort and you know make a nice, you know, go go get a job at a nice secure place where uh, I can get a good income and have a nice life, right? So, uh, you know, went to the state school, which is in Columbia, Missouri, University of Missouri, and um, you know, kind of majored in industrial engineering and. Throughout the process, I get to my, my, my junior year, things were doing well. I wasn't super passionate about, you know, industrial engineering, but hey, you know, it's, it's a secure, safe path, right? Yeah. Um, and when I went to go out and look for like summer internships, things like that, it was right around 2008. So the market tanked, um, nobody's hiring. Uh, it doesn't matter, like even the best companies out there, no one seems to be hiring. So I was like, well, you know, what am I going to do, right? Um and I ended up finding a, a small startup in Colombia, uh, not one that was ever particularly successful, but um, they were willing to hire me and bring me on. And I, I uh, shifted gears from you know, my, my engineering background and was going to do online marketing for them because uh, I thought, hey, online marketing's fun. You can mix it with numbers and you know, uh, that sort of thing. So I was like, I'll give it a go, right? I don't know much about it, but I knew enough to like, <laughs> convince them to hire me, right? And uh, that's where like my my entrepreneurship path really started. You know, I just I, I got in with them and fell in love. And uh, you know, since that started, I was you know always trying to make little side businesses on the side. You know, I, I did the old install WordPress sites for people for you know a hundred bucks or whatever, like miserably low amounts of money. Uh, and you know, it just kind of grew from that. So how did you make that transition from from a desk job like engineering into an entrepreneurship background? What what helped kind of take the jump, I guess? <laughs> well, I mean, I was kind of forced into it, right? You know, with the with the market tanking, uh, I, I couldn't get a, a regular job, and I also wasn't like super thrilled about like just trying to find one either because I didn't like it all that much, and so I was like, well, I'll just. Um, see what kind of job I could find, and that, like that was the one I could find was with with a small company, and um, you know the small company atmosphere was just really something I I thrived in, 
And um, it got me thinking about like alternate ways to go. It's like, here's this company. Like I, I got to work right next to the founder and see like all the stuff he'd done. And it's like, hey, this stuff is not, it's, it's hard, but it's not impossible. Like before it seemed impossible. And so um, I just kind of set out to try and figure out what I could do to make like some money, <laughs> basically. I could definitely relate to that. Like right out of university, I jumped into the startup scene and completely loved it. And like you said, I've built tons of WordPress sites for people for very little money. <laughs> so you coin, you helped coin the term full stack marketer, which some folks also call it growth hacking or growth hacker. So what is it? And in your opinion, how is it different? Um, so, you know, I think the, the I like this, the term full stack marketer because it's like got similarities to like full stack developer, right? You know, full stack developer is somebody who, you know, is a pretty good generalist. They can, uh, you know, develop up and down the stack from like DevOps to like just app development to like front end, um, you know, and some basic design. They like kind of cover the basis of everywhere. It doesn't mean they're an expert or particularly great at any of these things, but if you need somebody who can just do a quick job and like get it done decently well, like a full stack developer is someone that, um, you know, you, good you to have on the team. Yeah. yeah, someone you want on your your team, right? So the full stack marketer is like a marketing version of that, right? It's like someone who may not have like deep specialization in like, you know, AdWords or something like that, but they know a lot about all these different things, like different marketing channels. They know how to do like some basic testing. And, you know, it's someone who can just like run, like try a whole bunch of different things and you'll be able to tell pretty quickly like which channels um, are going to be like moderately successful and the ones that you should double down in and maybe consider bringing in specialists for. So that, how did you become a full stack marketer? So it was kind of <laughs> through uh, my work at the, that startup I mentioned I joined right out of, or, uh, while I was still in college. Um, you know, I started teaching myself online marketing. They didn't have much traction. Really, they had no traction. So I was like, well, what can I do to get traction? So I started reading like every single marketing site I could. I tried AdWords, I tried organic search, I tried email, I tried PR, I tried like local and national PR, I tried, um, you know, like doing stunts, I tried like doing, you know, viral marketing sort of stuff, I tried doing social, like I tried everything I could to make that product tick, right? Um, and, you know, that's really how I became a full stack marketer, uh, was just like, Trying to get trying to sell a bad product, honestly, is probably the best way to become a full stack marketer because it forces you to like um, figure out all these different channels and things like that. Obviously, you don't want to do that for a long time. Like you should, if you want to be a successful marketer, you should go find a great product because those things are a lot easier to do the job at. Uh, but if you like want to learn a whole bunch of stuff really quickly, try it at a, on a bad product, and you'll you'll definitely feel the pain. <laughs> That's hilarious advice. Uh, uh -huh. I'm curious. I don't know if you want to if you want to say or if it's still around. If you can, but what was the product or what was the industry? Uh, I, I won't comment. I mean, it was okay. in ed tech, and like you know, it's it's the product itself was fine, but it's just a really tough ed tech is really yeah. hard to get product market fit. Um, because of just a lot of the bureaucracy and stuff that's there and the way that uh, buying and selling works. So, uh, yeah, it's just a tough space. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, moving on from there then onto, onto bigger and better things. So you're also the co-founder <laughs> of Zapier now, um, basically a platform that helps you automate your workflow. So what is Zapier and, and why did you decide to, to start it? What really sparked the idea behind it? 
Yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, it, it is a, pl a platform that automates like workflows between, uh, we support about 350 apps today. Um, so you can do things like, you know, if I get a, you know, an email that has a specific term in it, like automatically save that to a Trello and create a card. Or if like someone fills out this woofoo form, like automatically add that person to like my CRM. So you could do all these like really like uh, quick, easy uh, integrations between all these different tools. And the reason that I started working on this was uh, kind of stemmed out of a lot of the like kind of semi consulting work that I did. So you know I mentioned I made uh, you know a lot of WordPress sites. Well, uh, you know another thing that I did was I, I would just do almost anything that these people would ask me to do, right? If I could make a little bit of money. Um, and so there, you're working with a lot of small businesses. That you're working with a lot of people who are using you know kind of online tools or using things like PayPal and QuickBooks and Mailchimp and Wufu and all this stuff, and they you I get a lot of requests like, "Hey, can we you know take my PayPal sales and automatically send those into QuickBooks?" Um, or like, "I've got this list of customers, can we somehow get these into the CRM?" Um, and it's for for an engineer, it's like kind of grunt work. It's not particularly exciting like coding work to do, I guess. Um, you know, it's a relatively known problem with a known solution. Not 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 very fun, I guess. Um, and so, you know, we thought like my, my co-founder and I, Brian, thought, hey, you know, maybe we can do this in a way that lets puts the power in the hands of the the you know the business owner, or the you know kind of the business user, so that they don't have to go through an engineer to get this work done. And so that was like the initial spark for Zapier was like, let's connect these tools in a way that you know doesn't require an engineer. And how did you actually create the first version? I mean, like, how how did you piece it together, and what did it do? Sure. So the very first version we built out at a startup weekend, uh, Brian, Mike, and myself, and we just took like a couple things. So we had uh, PayPal, HiRise, and Twilio, I think. And so uh, you know we set it up so that like if you um, you know paid through PayPal, like you could add someone into HiRise, or if uh, we also had Twitter. So if you like tweeted, it would like add a note to HiRise and things like that. Um, and it was built very quickly and with not much, uh, a lot of shortcuts, right? It was a hack for the weekend to get it, you know, get it, get a functioning prototype out the door. So it wasn't very great, but it worked. Um, and we were able to get like our first customers off of that, even though it was like pretty bad and um, not super functional. That was like a good sign that it provided a lot of value despite its um, deficiencies. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's great. I was hoping you mentioned that, that you guys started a startup weekend. Um, so, mm -hmm. it, it, but but how did you guys actually get your first paying customers after then? Yeah, so um, we started looking at uh, help forums for these various uh, SaaS softwares. So, like, we went to the the Basecamp help forums, the Highrise help forums, the Mailchimp help forums, Evernote's forums, Dropbox's forums, and people were asking in these um, places, like, "Are you guys going to have an integration for X?" Um, I remember looking at a high-rise uh, thread that was several years old, where people were asking for a Google Contacts integration, and um, you know it just it just hadn't happened yet. You know, basically, because um, it's a hard work for these SaaS companies to build out lots of integrations, and they've got their own products to worry about, so it's not a super high priority for them. And so we thought, hey, well, we can just you know help out and build these things for them. Um, and so we in the forums, I would say like, hey, if you want to, you know, if you want to do an integration between this and that, like here's the API documentation. Like you can 
code it up so you can do it yourself. Um, or like I'm working on a project that will build this sort of thing out of the box. Um, you know, here's a link how you can get in touch with me. Uh, and so we would get people that would come through from those links and, um, you know, reach out to us and they eventually became our first customers. Oh wait, that's awesome. That's a good, uh, a good way of, of acquiring customers for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things where it's not going to get you millions of customers, but when you're just starting, you don't need a million customers. You need like one customer and then you need 10 customers. Uh, so it's, it's not, uh, it, you know, you do the very, you know, you do whatever work you need to do to get those customers, those very first ones. Yeah, absolutely. And then afterwards, uh, Zapier was uh, accepted to uh, the Y Combinator cohort of, of 2012, I guess the summer cohort. Um, mm -hmm. So how did you guys manage to get in and what were some of the biggest lessons you learned there? Sure. Um, we actually applied for the winter cohort and got rejected um, right out of Startup Weekend. And you know, I think the big reason we got rejected was we just didn't have much traction. There's not anything particularly impressive on our resumes. Um, you know, it was just like we didn't have much to show, so you know they were probably uh, right in their um, reasons to reject us. But you know that didn't deter us. You know we knew we had something on our hands. We were going to make a business of it. You know, regardless. And so we just kept working. And um, over the next eight months or so, we got Zapier to where it was like a you know a functional beta. We had about a thousand people using it, um, and we had, I don't know, maybe a dozen YC companies who had used it or tried it. And so we reached out to all those companies and said, hey, can you know, can you take a look at our application and uh, let us know like what you think? And, you know, through their help and, you know, obviously our own hard work, uh, we were able to get an interview and ultimately accepted. And then, you know, of course, YC is, it's a great learning ground, you know, get to work with um, some of the smartest people, uh, you know, in the Bay Area and in tech and uh, you know, just kind of learn firsthand from them. It's it's hard to even like summarize like the things that I learned <laughs> uh, because it's just like so much. <laughs> How much did the product change while you know while you were in there? Well, um, the biggest probably fundamental change was that um, we we launched at the very beginning of YC, and when we launched, we got a lot of requests for new integrations. And we knew that we couldn't continue building them all out ourselves. So we were kind of like brute force adding you know, new apps one by one. And that's when we decided to build our developer platform. So by the end of YC, we'd actually launched our developer platform and had about a dozen people who had added their apps to Zapier via the developer platform. Companies like HubSpot, Podio, handful of others had all gone through the work. And since then... That's been like one of the biggest ways we've grown is we've gone from you know 60 integrations to 350 um, because of the developer platform enables folks to self-serve, add their apps to Zapier. So the Zapier team has grown quite a bit in the last year. Um, you've introduced a bunch of new features and like you mentioned, it's gone from 60 to 300 integrations. So besides the the developer um, tools that you've created, how else have you helped create new integrations? Um, I mean, the developer platform is honestly like, that's, that's the, the, the secret sauce, I guess. It's, you know, it's, it's really, you make, you put it out there. Um, you've already got like nascent demand built up and, um, you make it really self-serve. You put a lot of work into good documentation, um, you know, ways that people can, you know, I guess you don't put anything behind like a wall, uh, you know, so that it, you know, keeps people artificially keeps people out um, just make it as easy as they can to get in and that's really what's helped us get a lot of new apps I mean we've added a few new apps ourselves 
But for the most part, we focused on adding a lot of features to make the the product, like the platform itself, more robust and handle uh, new sorts of integrations and things like that. Was it all organic growth, or did you guys do something like reach out to those companies and said like something like, "Hey, you guys should have a Zapier, you know, integration," or 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 did they just come? It's it was all organic. That's epic. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean. You know, it's one of those things where, like, you build something that's good and you start to get a bit of a network effects, right? Like, we had 60 integrations or something by the end of YC, and we're onboarding enough that, like, you know, SaaS is kind of a, I mean, it's it's growing, but it's still a small world in the number of companies that are out there, and people pay attention to what other what their peers are doing. And so they saw, you know, all these company, different companies are launching with Zapier integrations, and it, um, you know, made them want to check out the product, and the product kind of stands for itself, so they wanted to be on the platform. So with Zapier, you've launched a bunch of new features and have blogged about mastering the art of soft launch. Mm-hmm. So what is what is soft launch? How do sure. you do it, and why? Sure. So I think um, you know, launching people think of as like this big epic culmination of like a lot of work, and then they like you know do some magical thing and announce it to the world, and like people come flooding and running to the running to the doors. Um, and that's like not really a great way to do it because often if you go that way, like you'll launch a bad product and uh, people won't come. So uh, that's kind of just not a good way to launch. Soft launching I think is a, a much smarter way to do it. And what I mean by that is you can launch like very small pieces of the product pretty quietly. Um, so for instance, if you have a new feature, you could uh, launch it to like a subset of your users first, right? 10% of your users and see how performance is. Is it better than what you currently have? If so, like, you know, feel free to launch it to 50% or maybe even the whole, the hundred percent of people. Um, and if they all like it, well then you can start thinking about how, um, you'll do like a PR launch around it. And you don't necessarily have to tie the PR launch to, um, you know, when the feature launches itself, right? Um, people, most most of like the outside world isn't paying attention to like the nitty gritty bits of your product to see like what new features exactly have come out. Um, you know, there's a few products that have that, but most products aren't, aren't you know, being scrutinized on that level, right? Like Twitter, or Facebook, they're scrutinized on that level. Um, but most others aren't. And so you can get away with kind of launching these features without, you know, anyone except for your own users really knowing about it and then do a, a much bigger announcement around it once you've kind of put a little more polish on it and know that it's working really well. So finally, the team itself at Zapier has grown quite a bit. So how do you find and recruit talent for your team? So it, initially, it was folks that we'd worked with before through like our freelance work and, um, you know, just people we'd worked at companies that we'd had before, that sort of thing. Um, as the the product has grown and our user base has grown, we've got a lot of people using Zapier who also are very skilled and talented. Um, you know, Zapier is a, a pretty awesome tool, um, and it attracts like a lot of smart people using it. And so we try to recruit from the user base directly. You know, we put um, you know hiring links in our in our headers, our main nav. Um, so that it's hard to miss uh, if you use the product. And, you know, the the product has, you know, now 400,000 some odd users. And so that's a lot of eyeballs, basically. And we're able to recruit straight from that. Um, In addition, Zapier is uh, built as a distributed team. So we're not 
uh, you know, relegated to only hiring or recruiting from a very small geographic area. We can literally hire from anyone anywhere in the world uh, as long as they have the skill set we need. So that makes it a lot easier to find smart, good people. How do you find managing a, a distributed team? How do you guys uh, stay on the same page? Sure. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's a lot easier than folks would would realize. Um, you know, if you're working in an office today, like you know, a lot of people communicate already over like IM throughout the day or email throughout the day. So you're already kind of working a little bit like how remote teams do. Um, the big difference is, you know, obviously you aren't physically able to see. Uh, you know, your teammates throughout the day. And so you do a lot more to make sure um, that everything is documented really well, that all communication is happening written and in public so that everyone has access to like why decisions are made. There's a lot of transparency involved. Um, and it makes it a lot easier than for everyone's kind of on the same information level. Cool. cool. And yeah, that, that just makes it a lot easier to kind of work as one cohesive unit. And so, uh, you know, thinking down the road, uh, what are you going to be doing in about 10 years or, or where will you be as well? <laughs> oh, I don't know. That's a tough question. Um, you know, obviously, I, I hope to be keep continue working on Zapier. Um, I think there's a lot of things that be, can, can be done to make apps work better, better together. Um, you know, the, there's, there's only going to be more and more lo apps launching every single day and, um, you know, helping uh, small businesses and uh, you know, people out there who may not have like super engineering powers do a lot more with the tools they're already using. Like that's pretty fun to me. Yeah. So maybe on, on that note, uh, you know, are there any new industries or technologies that you see the most opportunity in and, and is Zapier going to play a role in some of those things in, in the future or? <laughs> um, honestly, I don't, I don't pay much attention to anything outside of SAS right these days. Um, Ever since I was a kid, like I've been super a huge space nerd, though. So I, it's so great to see companies like SpaceX, and of course, you know, we had the the um, the the landing on the comet this morning. Um, so I like it'll be great to see what happens there. And if Zapier can somehow play a part in that, I'll be I'll be thrilled. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That would be amazing. So besides uh, no. <laughs> Zapier, what are some of your favorite apps, tools, and books right now? Yeah. Um, Maybe some of the ones you use to, to to keep everyone on the same page. I know you were saying I am <laughs> sure. and stuff, but maybe there's something specific you guys like to use. Sure. Um, well, like Slack came out of nowhere, right? And uh, you know we're Slack users. Um, you know Trello is great, and I'm sure a lot of people already know of Trello. Uh, one one app that I've I've used a bit lately is um, Full Contact has a business card uh, scanner, and so when I go to like conferences and things and get handed business cards, I use their scanner. And when I scan the people's business cards, I use Zapier to automatically send a LinkedIn invite. Um, so that's kind of a cool little app that has some some nice functionality to it. Uh, I really dig on that lately. <laughs> cool. Are you doing lots of conferences? Uh, not so much. Um, you know, maybe more as we grow. Uh, I try and keep the travel as many down to as little as possible. <laughs> okay. Cool. Well, really appreciate uh, your time tonight, Wade, and uh, learning more about Zapier. It was great to have you on the show. Yeah, thanks, Franco. Thanks, Tyler. Yeah, no worries. It's great having you. Well, that's about it for this episode of Hack to Start. You can find all the important links beneath the show. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Hack to Start and sign up for our newsletter to know about all the latest episodes, behind the scenes content, and more. Thanks for listening, and see you next time.